0: The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyal Afwakwa. Pastor afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set! For an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. We give you
1: praise. We love you. Thank you for your presence. Father, breathe upon your word. Give us understanding and illumination. Thank you that we are living here chart and poised for exploits. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Humbly take your seat in God's presence. Amen warmly welcome once again into God's presence last night we started looking at praying with results somebody say praying with results the Bible says call unto me Jeremiah 33 verse 3 and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not God's word is God's oath God's word is God's covenant God's word is God's promise he says, call and I will answer. And you can be sure that he is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. What he has spoken, he will do. So when he says, call and I will answer. It means when you call, he will answer. That's why I'm sure in this 21 days of fasting and prayer, he's hearing you loud and clear. Yeah. And he's not just hearing you, he's answering you now. Yeah. Somebody say a better amen. Yeah. The book of Matthew 7 verse 7 to 8. It says, "Ask, He shall be given seek, and he shall find luck and he shall be opened. Unto you to obtain resource in prayer, we need to know how to pray. Praise God, and our fundamental fact that helps us to pray before we even come to prayer itself, we need to understand some fundamentals. And one of those fundamentals is that our relationship and our rights influence our ability to pray. If you are going to pray and pray well, you have to understand that prayer. Is only going to yield results for you when you understand these two things one, relationship, and then right. Somebody say, My relationship, my relationship. and my rights. Right. When we talk about your relationship, we are talking about the most important relationship you have that's your relationship with God because prayer is simply a conversation with God and if you are going to converse with God you need to understand that you need a certain basis in the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 1 and 2 the Bible said as he was praying in a certain place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples so prayer is something that can be taught Then what did Jesus say? The first word that came out of his mouth. Let's look at verse 2. He says, so Jesus said unto them, when you pray, say. Somebody say, when you pray. When you pray, pray, say, our father. And that word is a relational word, our father. Somebody say, "Our our father. We established yesterday that Jesus all through the gospels, if you see his prayer, how many of you saw that? All through the gospels, his prayer, he began with our father, our father, our father. He was so conscious of the father that God was his father. Praise God. And that understanding is critical. When you understand who God is to you, it influences your disposition before him. It influences what you can ask. When you go to your boss to make a request, because you know he's your boss, there are things you won't ask. Praise God. But when you come to God, who is your father? Because he is your father. And you know what your father can do. It changes everything. This year, you will enjoy ancestral prayer. Yes. It's all important. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. Ask, and it will be given, seek, and he shall find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he sees, that sees, fine. Look at verse 9. Or oh, what man is there among you? Somebody say, what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Verse 10. He says, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, Know how to give good gift to your children. How much more will your heavenly father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, here he was establishing the difference. He was comparing and contrasting God the father and earthly fathers. And he says, earthly fathers are evil. But even evil earthly fathers did know how to give good gift to their children. How much more shall your heavenly father? It's important that we don't allow our view of God as our father to be shaped by Satan. Somebody say, your view of God should not be shaped by Satan. It should not be shaped by religious teachings. It should not be shaped by wrong doctrinal teachings. It should not be shaped by other people's experience of God. It should be shaped by the revelation of scripture. How you see God should be as the scriptures tell us specifically as the New Testament review God to us. How do you see God? Some people see him as a wicked person. Some people see him as someone who is insensitive to whatever we go through. Some people see him as somebody who is sitting somewhere and having a marker and is marking all our sins and our weaknesses. That is how some people see God. And listen, I tell you, if that's how you see God, it will affect your boldness and your access to him every time you come to him in prayer. Praise God. You need to see God right. What is the nature of our Heavenly Father? That's what we want to touch on tonight. One, our Heavenly Father is a loving Father. Somebody say, a loving Father. Say, I have a loving Father. Say it aloud I have a loving Father. 1 John 3 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He's a loving Father. God loves you so much. He loves you so, so, so badly. That if you were the only person on the planet, he would have sent Jesus to die for you. Somebody didn't hear that. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. The Bible said, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he has loved us. Somebody say, I'm loved, I'm loved. With, a love. with a great love. God loves you with not little love, with great love, immeasurable love. Love that cannot be quantified. That is how much he loves you. Praise God. He does not just love you with great love. He loves you with everlasting love. Somebody say everlasting love. Jeremiah 33 verse 1. He says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. I love you with an everlasting love. Listen, there is one thing no one can stop God from ever doing is to love you. You can't stop God from loving you Neither you, neither Satan, not your sin can even stop God from loving you. Can somebody hear what I'm talking about? The Bible says God commended his love toward us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So he loved you. It was actually his love that lifted you from sin. His love for you lifted you from sin. The price for your sin was paid because of his love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he give him? So you'll be delivered and redeemed from the power of sin. That's how much God loves you. Every time sin comes your way, I'm not saying go sin, but every time sin comes your way and Satan begins to tell you, you don't qualify for access. You can't speak to God. Tell him, Satan, you have no part. This is father-son business. This is father-daughter business. I'm not communicating somebody at all. It's very clear from the scriptures. That's why Paul was speaking. He said, what shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? What? Nothing, absolutely. Now listen, if you came to God knowing that God loves you, the way you pray will be different. No? But you came, your mind is so loaded with all the weight and the guilt of your sins. So you don't know where to even start from. Some of us, our prayers are only confession of sins. Confession of sins. Listen, nothing kills faith like sin consciousness. Nothing kills faith. Nothing quenches faith like sin consciousness. Are we saying that sin is not important? Sin is not important because sin has already been dealt with. When you have a disease and you are cured for the disease, do you worry about that disease? No, 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 no. The antidote for sin is Christ. Somebody say Christ. The Bible said he made him to become a perfect sacrifice for us. Redeemed us eternally from the power of sin. Praise God. That is your place with God. That's what the Bible said now. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. Beloved, now we are the children of God. Beloved. Somebody say beloved. Yeah, Yeah, beloved. When the Bible addresses you as beloved, it's somebody who is dearly loved. That's what it means. Beloved means someone who is dearly loved. God loves you and God knows the plans and purposes he has for you. When you know you have a loving father who has good plans and purposes for you. When you are praying, you pray with joy. You love to come to him in prayer because you are speaking to a God who loves you. Look at what the Bible says. When you come to prayer and you are are feeling like you don't deserve, look at what the Bible says. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He said, since he did not spare even his own son. Somebody say he did not spare. (laughs) Since he did not spare his own son. But gave him up for us all. Wouldn't he also give us everything else? Wouldn't he give you the thing that is on your prayer expectation? Why are you doubting he will give you? He says, since he gave his son. How did he give it? He gave it because of his love for you. For God so loved the way that he gave. He said he did not spare his son. He could have. But he chose not to. Because he wanted you to see that you are highly loved. Highly loved and highly cherished. So, we have a loving father. Somebody have a loving father. That must be your view of God. In prayer, come to a loving father. Come to a father who is so excited wanting to hear your voice. Come to a father who is longing to hear you and to hug you. Oh, I have a picture of the prodigal son coming with all the other things have come to my mind now. Picture, picture him coming from far. He had rehearsed everything he was going to say. Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I want you to consider me as one of your slaves. My sins are too many. I don't qualify. I'm no longer worthy. Make me one of your higher servants. And the father's arms were open. The Bible says, no, no, listen, according to the Jewish tradition, a picture of a running father is a nice Is It's dishonoring for a father to run, according to Jewish custom. But the Bible said the man saw him from afar and he ran to embrace him to demonstrate how much of love he had for him. He said, stop that nonsense that you want to be a servant. Once you are a son, you are eternally a son. You are eternally a son. He said, bring the best clothes. Bring the best calf. Everything was the best. Why? Because he was a son. Listen, you may have to review your prayer expectation. Some of the things you are asking are not the best. Go for the best." You have to ask for the best car, ask for the best house, ask for the best. Am I communicating somebody at all? Where you begin to understand this, because what you are even asking, you already feel that you don't deserve it. There are people who are this conscious of, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. When you become a child of God, there are many things that are yours. Bible says, all things are yours. I see you enjoy the best of God. Number two, he's a good father. Somebody say a good father. A good father. There are some fathers that are not good. But the Bible tells us in Nahum 1 7 he said the Lord is good. Somebody said, the Lord is good. He didn't say he has goodness. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows them. That trust him. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. He is not just a good father. He says, your earthly father is being evil. How many of you remember that? Your earthly father is being evil. If he says your earthly fathers are evil, it means that your heavenly father is a good one. For his God, our heavenly father is a good one. He is a good one. He's a, he a good one. He says, he's not just a good one, but he's a source of good things. James 1, 6, 16 to 17. He says, do not be deceived. Did you see that? Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do not. Because it's easy for us to be deceived about who our father is. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift coming from the father. It comes down from your father. In this fast, receive good things. Yeah. Receive perfect things. It comes from the father. It comes from the father. With whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. The Lord, he is a son, he is a shield. He will give grace, he will give glory and no good thing. Would he withhold from them that walk upright. Praise God. In the book of Proverbs three twenty seven, he said, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. When it is in the power of the hand to do good. I see God do you great things. I see God release good things to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And number three. I close. He said, merciful and gracious Father. Somebody say, merciful. Say, merciful "Merciful." and gracious Father. Father. Merciful and gracious Father. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen, the only throne God is sitting on for the new covenant saint is the throne of grace. Somebody say, the throne of grace. Say, the throne of grace. grace. That's the only throne. That's an old throne. Most of the time, Satan will bring you thrones of judgment, thrones of condemnation. <laughs> All are designed to kill your faith. God, your father, is sitting on the throne of grace. That's the throne God is sitting on now. He said, and when you come to the throne of grace, and listen, for you who is born again, God is never sitting on any throne of judgment over you. You have to understand that. Would there be judgment for the believer? Yes, there's a judgment for the believer. But it's not a judgment of condemnation. It's a judgment of works. Judgment of what? Works. It's a judgment for rewards. It's a judgment. In the Greek, they call it the bima seat. Judgment. What the Olympics, they stand on and they award people. That is the kind of judgment we are going to have. Go to the book of uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, because some of you still have a difficulty here. John 3, 16, look at that. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting what? Life. Everlasting what? Life. Let's look at verse 17. He said, For God did not send his son into the world to, the, uh, to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, he said, He that who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already. Praise God. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So for you as one who believes in Christ, there is no judgment of eternal damnation and other things for you, no? It's finished. The only judgment you should be looking forward to is the judgment of works. that's why what we do after we are born again becomes important. Our services, our dedication, our devotion, our investment into the kingdom of God. That's it. He's a merciful. Somebody say merciful. Say merciful. 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 And gracious Father. Merciful. There are five facts I want you to know about the mercy and the grace of God. One, God has always been a merciful and gracious Father. It's not today. It's not a New Testament phenomenon. In fact, That is who he has been consistently. Psalm 103 verse 8. He said the Lord is merciful and gracious. Did you see that? Merciful and gracious. Psalm 116 verse 5. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. In the course of the year, one of the teachings we'll be doing is knowing God. Somebody say knowing God. God. Say "knowing knowing God. Yeah, because if you don't know God well, you cannot relate with him well. And you have to know him for who he is. God is a just God. God is a faithful God. We need to know all of those things about Him. In His grace, He gives us what we don't deserve. Somebody say, in His grace, He gives us what we don't deserve. In His mercy, He withholds from us the punishment we rightly deserve. Praise God, in His grace, He gives us what we don't deserve. In His mercy he withholds from us the punishment we rightly deserve. Look at what the Bible says, Psalm 103 verse 8 to 10. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us, verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punish us according to our iniquities. When you hear about the graciousness and the mercy of God, that's what it means. God has always been a God of mercy. Now, go and ask adam and eve most of the time when we look at it we we actually see judgment but it's amazing that it's actually an act of grace and mercy you remember when adam and eve ate the forbidden tree when they ate it and finished immediately you know why god sent the angels to come and protect them from touching the tree of life that act was not an act of judgment it was an act of mercy praise god i said it was an act of what it was an act of mercy. It was an act of love. It was an act of grace. Why? Because if man had touched the the, the tree of life and had eaten it eternally, man would have been lost. Man would have been lost eternally. In other words, if you are sick, you will be sick and sick for life. Eternally sick. Imagine somebody is down with cancer and he won't die. Eternally sick. So, God not wanting that to happen. He brought an angel to come and protect a man from himself. Look, when Adam sinned, what did they do? They saw fig tree. And God looked at it and realized fig tree could not cover them. He cleared a lamp and covered them. People who had sinned. What was he demonstrating? He was demonstrating love and grace. That is the nature of God. Somebody say the nature of God. That's God's nature. God is a merciful and gracious God. And you need to understand that. When you understand this about God, you will never run away from God. Praise God, you will always run. You, you know, you know. Even in the Old Testament, there were people who enjoyed such intimate relationship with God. Though they don't, they didn't get it as we have it in the New Testament. But some people caught the revelation of the grace and the mercy of God, and they enjoyed it. The man David was one of such people. David. David, David, David. Sometimes you read his account and you are surprised. Uh, it looks like God dealt with him differently. Yes, because he had access into revelation that was not yet manifesting in his time. When he sinned, he says, uh, God gave him options. He said, "Ah, but you, I know you, that you are gracious and merciful. Keep me in the arms of God. If anybody is going to punish me, let God punish me. And when God started, he started uh, just about three hours later. God says, no, I can't do this. This is not my nature. Then he stopped. David said, this is why I know God is a good God. Praise God. He, he just, he threw himself into the mercy of God. There was a man by the name of Jonah. Jonah was so, he knew God. <laughs> One day God sent Jonah, he said, go and preach to Nineveh. And then I will deal with them. Jonah was running. Jonah was running away. Jonah was running away. And nobody understood why Jonah was running away. But Jonah went eventually and preached. Hot message." Nanife within 72 hours, all of you shall be overthrown. You will die. Everything in this nation shall be overthrown. Nanive. 72 hours. He was like one of these hot evangelist preachers in town. Passing judgment left and right. Oh, the moment the king heard, he declared a fast. And then everybody went on a fast. And the Bible said they repented. As soon as they repented, God saw their works. He said, If I change my mind. I've changed my... Let me show it to you. Maybe you don't You don't understand what I'm saying. Look at Jonah 4, verse 1 to 2. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. Why was he angry? He says, so he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was it not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tashim. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. How many of you know that? May you know this year that God is gracious and merciful. For I know! I know! You see, knowing God has to do with catching the revelation of who he is. Praise God! When you relate to God based on who, how good you are, you will suffer. You will struggle. Because you will never meet his standards. The only person who could meet God's perfect standard was Christ. Every other person meets God standard now through Christ. Somebody say through Christ. That's why God does not look at you anymore. He does not look at you as you. He looks at you in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, there's no condemnation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that's all. Because when he sees you in Christ, he sees you perfect. Praise God. When he sees you in Christ, he sees you holy. That's how God sees you. And we need to understand that. He says, I knew that you are merciful and gracious. I didn't want to do this assignment. In other words, me, Jonah, I'm a wicked person and I declare judgment it must be. Because see, a prophet has come to pronounce a word and he's expecting to see it fulfilled. So when it wasn't fulfilled, his prophetic uh, 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 mantle will be contested. Praise God. But God was not about that. Later on, he actually engaged in an argument with Jonah. <laughs> Now, merciful and gracious, number two. Merciful and gracious is God's nature and name. Somebody say merciful and gracious. Now, this scripture actually shocked me because uh, if God was going to reveal himself as merciful and gracious, I didn't expect that he would tell the man Moses that he was merciful and gracious because Moses was a lawyer, the first lawyer in the Bible. He received the law, the recipient of the law, the law that changed everything. Look at Joel 2 verse 13. Joel two thirteen. verse your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful. Somebody say gracious and merciful. Gracious. Say gracious and merciful. Gracious. Now look at Exodus chapter 34 verse 5 to 6. This is God telling Moses about his name. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Please follow. He proclaimed the name of what? He proclaimed the name of what? What is the name of the Lord? And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. What's the name of the Lord? The Lord. The Lord God. Merciful and what? Merciful and what? Merciful and what? Gracious. Long suffering abounded. What a long name. (laughs) Merciful and gracious. Merciful and gracious. May you enjoy his graciousness this year. I said, May you enjoy his graciousness this year. Now, number three, the bedrock of the new covenant is mercy and grace. Somebody say, The bedrock. Say, The bedrock. When we say the bedrock, we are talking about the foundation. The foundation. So, if you don't understand these two subjects, you have a problem. You have to understand that the bedrock, the foundation of the New Testament is mercy and grace. So it this afternoon, Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. Ephesians. He said, but God. Somebody say, but God. God. Who? But God. But God. But God. Who is rich in mercy? Loaded. Somebody say, "Loaded loaded in mercy. If there is something God is not poor in, he is not poor in mercy. He is not poor in what? Mercy. You cannot run his mercy account dry. So, don't, don't ever worry about that. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. He said he's rich in mercy because of his great love. The love. So, the, the mercy is extending is rooted in his love. Because of his great love, which he had loved as. Verse 5. Look at that. So, mercy comes. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace. Somebody say by grace. By grace, grace, you have been saved. Those are the two foundations upon which the new covenant rests. In fact, you will get it clearer when you come to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 to 12. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 to 12. It becomes very clear. The picture becomes very clear there. Hebrews Amplify, please. 8, 7 to 12. He said, for if the first covenant had been faultless, there would not have been an occasion for a second one or an attempt to institute another one. That is the new covenant. Okay, look at verse 8. However, God finds fault with them, showing us in its inadequacy. When he says, Behold, the days will come, says the Lord, when I will make and rectify a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 9. He says, Not like the covenant that I made with your fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not abide in my covenant, and so I withdrew my favor and disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10, he says, For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their minds, even upon the innermost thoughts and understanding, and engrave them upon their hearts, effecting their regeneration. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 11. And it will not be necessary for each one to teach his fellow citizen or each one his brother saying, No by experience, have knowledge of the law." For all will know me by experience and have knowledge of me from the least of them to the greatest. How was this possible? Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When somebody gets born again, immediately the person gets born again. Nobody needs to tell him about God. It, it doesn't mean that you will not be taught about God. But immediately, they begin to experience God in a way that the human mind cannot teach them. That's what happens. Verse 12. Verse 12. He says, for I will be merciful. Did you see that? I will be merciful this was a distinguishing feature of the new testament I will be merciful and gracious toward their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more what I like is the fact that under the new covenant God still admits that we will misbehave how many of you don't misbehave <laughs> God understands that even in the new covenant we will make some mistakes, we will err here and there. But he says, I know you are going to mess up, but I want you to know how I'm going to treat your mess ups this time. He said, I'm going to be merciful and gracious, your wickedness. And even when you sin, I will not hold it against you anymore. If you don't love this, what would you love? This is what defines our relationship with God now. Am I communicating here? That's why, if you are not loving God much more now than before, then you have a challenge. Because under the old, your sin permanently it was there. They kill a goat and it was still there. It will not remove it. But he says now he will not remember it anymore. Now, let me close with God's mercy and grace towards you will always provoke jealousy or envious response from others. I have two more points and I'll close. God's mercy, somebody say God's mercy. And grace towards me will always provoke jealous or envious response from others. Yeah. You see, <laughs> human beings always want us to retire before we get things. Praise God. The way he has suffered, you must suffer the same way. <laughs> but God is different. You remember even the prophet who was sent he got angry. When he saw he said the way you have displayed your mess you have made me Look at Jonah 4:1. The Bible said and this displeased Jonah exceedingly. Jonah 4:1. It was <laughs> it wasn't a small thing but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. This year God's favor will make men angry at you. Yeah. this guy, when did he come into the business that he's breaking through like this? Yeah, because you have caught a better revelation of God. <laughs> You've caught a better revelation. Listen, if you don't get to know God well, you will struggle. You will struggle. And it's as if uh, God is wicked. It is you who is ignorant. Praise God. He became angry for the display of God. Look, is it not the same thing that happened with the, uh, the elder brother of the prodigal son? Oh, look at it with me. (laughs) Uh, 15, 15 verse 25 to 30. Self-righteous people struggle. (laughs) Because your self-righteousness will not change God. It will not stop him from giving what he has given freely already. Look, now his older son, who was in the field? Somebody say older son. You see, all the time the challenge is when people are old, they have a certain sense of entitlement. We came first. We deserve this. <laughs> you must labor. How many years have you worked? How many? <laughs> they, they do all of those. That's what he was saying. Older oh, son was in the field. As he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. <laughs> this word, guy, verse 26. Music and dancing. May songs of music and dancing be heard in your camp. So, he called, he won't even come, you know, he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Verse 27. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This year, God will do strange things with your life. Yeah. Listen, please, what I need you to do, actually, is not just to shout even about it. I want this to form your mentality. Because it has not become part and parcel of you until it forms your mentality. We are going for an interview, this will be your mindset. There's no who is uh, there, who has applied there, who is meeting there. I'm the younger son. I'm coming. I may not deserve it, but I'm coming for it. <laughs> I'm not going against somebody at all. I may not have qualified for it, but I'm coming for it. He said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. You see this gossip? <laughs> Look at verse 28. Ah oh, yeah yeah. But he was angry. Is that not how they will behave? I said, God's favor and mercy toward you will always provoke anger from other people. They will promote you this year and people will be shocked. Yeah. You will land some contract this year and people will be angry. But I see their anger will not stop you from uh, executing the contract. Can somebody give me a believing amen? Yeah. He said, Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Verse 29. So he answered, self-righteousness speaking, and said to his father, "Lord, these many years I have been serving you. You see, he had been doing the job for many years, but he didn't know he could have some things. Yeah, I have never transgressed your commandment." The father said, "Who said I have been caring about that? That's not what I've been looking at. It's not about uh, what you are transgressing or not transgressing. Oh, may the Lord help us." May the Lord give us understanding. He said, I have never. And By the way, this was even a lie. Because it's not possible for him to do this. The Bible said, but the deeds of the law shall no man be justified. But the deeds of the law, no man should be justified. In fact, the whole essence of the law was to make us know how incapable we were without God. The reason why God gave the law was for us to see that we are weak. And then when we admit our weaknesses, we fall on the grace of God. That's what it means. He said, I've never transgressed your commandment any time and yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. And look at verse 30, verse 30, verse 30. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured? Oh, he's given all. Listen, this year people will give all your bad side and yet will be advancing. Yeah. They'll be cutting all the wrong things we do, and you'll still be breaking through somebody give me an amen. Amen. Give me a better amen here. He gave him all the CV to the father who already knew them better than himself. Whose money did you go and waste? Is it not the father's money? Because when he was living, the father gave you your portion to you and then he gave his portion to him. So, if anybody had a reason to complain to the father, but the father had overlooked them and then in his self-righteousness, he was not coming to point to the Father what the Father already knew. Listen, that's why you should never stand in judgment and condemnation over another saved child of God. Because God knows them better than you. Don't come and tell me all oh, the weaknesses about Pastor P. And they say, no, this and no, it's not important. Tell God. God knows him very well. <laughs> God knows him very, very well. You, it's because of one thing he did that you are using to judge him. God knows his heart. Everything that is in his heart, God knows it. So between you and God, who knows him better? Please take your seat. Listen, the truth of the matter is that God does not bless perfect people. God blesses people who are rightly aligned with him. Am I communicating? Yeah, he's not. If you are thinking you want to do everything straight, that is why a lot of people are in church and we pray for you. We do all kinds of things. Your mentality is wrong. Your mentality is wrong. The mentality is wrong. There are some people who come to church, they don't know much, and all of a sudden they are breaking through. Because they have not gotten into that uh, religious mode. So, they receive quickly. They say, I mean to everything. This year, you will break through. Yes. I said, this year, through. Yes. this year, you will break through. This year, you will break through. Another story was uh, a man who hired people to come and work on his faith. <laughs> hey. Now, that one I won't talk about. When you go home, read it. Because it will take your time. (laughs) Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 16. He hired people. He hired somebody from 6 (laughs) o'clock. 6 a.m. he hired him. He hired somebody. uh, Also at uh, 9 a.m. Then at 12 noon, he hired somebody. At 3 p.m. he hired somebody. Then when it was one hour to closure time, he hired another person. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. God has a sense of humor. Listen. (laughs) Now, let me ask you. How many of you would not be happy to be the 11th hour person who was hired? He was hired. The last person was hired. When it was time to pay, (laughs) he said, you $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100. those who started six, they said, ah, it's not fair. God said, that is what grace is. Grace is not fair. This year you enjoy things that are not fair. Man will tell you it's not fair and you'll be getting it. You'll be promoted and they say it's not fair. You'll be getting that car, they say it's not fair. You'll be building your house, they say it's not fair. Things that are not fair will be happening in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number five, it takes humility to receive And enjoy the mercy and the grace of God. Take your seat. Close with that. It takes humility. Somebody say humility. Say humility. It takes humility. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. What does it take? Humility. Humility. Ephesians 2 verse 8. He says, for by grace he are saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace he has saved through faith. It is not of works. Lest any man should. Lest any man should. Lest any man should. Lest any man should. He said, it is the gift of God. Verse 9. It is not of works. Lest any man should boast. You don't have a place to boast in it. The perfect example for this, you'll find it in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. The man went there, He said, be merciful unto me. That was all he said. And everything was given to him. The other came to list a long list of all that he has done. God said, you are proud. Bye-bye. I don't have anything for you. Praise God. This year, you will enjoy it. Is it it why some people are grateful at serving God? They are so excited and crazy about God. Because they know they have no end things. God gave it to them. Yeah. When you understand the concept and the subject of grace well, there are people who say that grace makes people sin. No. Grace makes, actually motivates people to live right. Praise God. Hmm? When you understand the subject of grace well, you just enjoy God. You want to do everything in gratitude because between a person who is serving out of gratitude and person who is serving out of law, the one out of gratitude will do it better. Praise God. When a person is grateful to you, he is not serving you because of pay. He's serving you because he feels that he's indebted to you. You can't pay him. I pray that this year that shall be the way you serve God. Stand on your feet and thank God for his grace.
0: Pastor Afroquah has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afraqua, please call 540 670 or email us at faithhousechapeladiyahu.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afroquah on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 638 to 8 a.m. Nasikan service 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santata Runabout, Kumasi Ghana. God richly bless you.